0: Welcome to the latest episode of The Player's Voice, where this week, you we are joined by Dublin's multiple All-Ireland winner, Lauren McGee. My name is Alan O'Mara. I'm the host of this podcast and a former cabin goalkeeper, now working as a performance and well-being consultant with sports and business leaders around the world. During this conversation, Lauren explains why Dublin's All-Ireland victory this year was the sweetest of them all. We discussed how much she benefited as a person from taking a break to go travelling, and what she learned from her experience in the AFLW. Lauren also opens up about losing her stepdad to suicide and her journey with grief. If you're a GPA member in the Republic of Ireland and are in need of mental health support, please call one 989285 or text GPA to 50808. From Northern Ireland, please call 0800-044-5059 or text GPA to 85258. If you aren't a GPA member and need mental health support, Please check out the Samaritans or Pieda House. Before we get started, I just want to remind you that this podcast series is brought to you by the Gaelic Players Association in collaboration with Real Talks. This episode is part of Bio 360, a GPA program that empowers inter county players across four key areas life skills, well being, dual career, and transitions. Please go to bio360.gaelicplayers.com to learn more. But for now, I hope you enjoy this brilliant episode of The Player's Voice with Lauren McGee. Lauren, you're very welcome to The Player's Voice. How are you?
1: Thanks, Rale. I'm good.
0: How are you? Very good. Um, really appreciate you taking the time to do this. I know you're just off the back of an All-Ireland success and you've got other sport commitments, life commitments that's going on and just very grateful to have this time to maybe press pause to reflect on the year that's just gone by, but also some big picture stuff from your own life experience and try and share some of those lessons as well. So really, really looking forward to it, Lauren. I suppose we will start with the, let's start with the good stuff. How is life back as a reigning All-Ireland champion and how have the couple of weeks and months been since, since the final?
1: Yeah, it's been great. Like I obviously, we went hard at it for about a week and um, with the girls we few days here and then a few days um in Portugal and uh, we didn't think we'd kind of get a trip between us because of championship with club but then it was pushed out a week so we were able to kind of cap on that and just book last minute flights to Portugal together Um about 22 of us end up going so it was a good good group to have gone um, and obviously a great way to Spend it with the new girls, like obviously over the year that's what we focused on was was obviously building that relationship with newer members of the team but I suppose the celebrations always kind of cement that and then the fact that we went away together as well like helped that as well so now it's been great it's trying to get back to reality now like back into back into club championship the week after was is, is always tough um, and trying to get back um, to a standard with your club um and body does be sore and from all, all everything combined. Um but no no, it's been amazing. Um it's been an unbelievable year. I've really, really enjoyed it so and obviously the goal in general is, is always to, to make it to an honor final, to win an All Arnold final, but I think this one was definitely the sweetest one um that I've been involved in anyway.
0: To say that it was the sweetest one, Lauren, and obviously at this point in life, like you're lucky to have been part of multiple and to be a part of various winning teams now. What made this one so sweet or what gave it that kind of extra special feel in terms of achievement or accomplishment?
1: I suppose like the last two years pre- previous, like last year, we lost in a quarterfinal and... We thought we were kind of going well, like we were going well, we were in a good spot and we were training well and then it just kind of came to a, a rough stop. And since being in the senior setup, like I always, I had gotten to an All-Ireland every year since um, 2016, so, so it's, for me that was a big, it just just didn't feel real. It was a, a bit mental, um, and then I suppose it. Even I think it was the fact that like, it was so early, like as in the way the season had changed, like you were doing it all in June, like July, and like it just it just seemed mental. But um, I suppose this year, like there are so many new players, so like I think in the end there was like fourteen kind of coming into the All Ireland final, and um, like although. I'm 26, so I wouldn't say I'm the most senior person on the team, but, like, there is so many younger girls, like, like under 25, and, like, um, the new girls coming through, I suppose you have to... I would always see myself as a leader on the pitch, but I suppose I think over the years, I, I like, you've always had the girls that have been there for so many years, like, there for you, so I suppose that was kind of my time to kind of even step up a bit further. Um, and be a, a bigger leader on and off the pitch and um, so i suppose just bringing bringing those girls along and like like learning myself but also like helping other girls learn um and take things away from the way like i play the game or the way i go about things and then the same with other girls that would be on the team for a few years so i suppose like i felt like that we kind of started from scratch this year and um, like obviously you still have the same a few players that have been there, and you've played, you've soldiered with throughout the years. But like when you look at the broader picture, like how many players that were new and different things like that. Like it just, I suppose it just, it did feel like we started from scratch, and we had a few new people in, like in terms of uh, the background team management. And um, so it just, it just felt like a fresh start. And I think, although like I think, I think as I said, I was like in an All Ireland final since twenty sixteen onwards, and I think when you come into that and although I was a part of those those games and those wins you you kind of just slot in and it's kind of becomes a norm and I suppose when it's not until you lose or um, you're knocked out that like you realise that like they don't come around that often and like how much work is actually put in to get there so I really did see the work that had to be put in uh, by everyone this year and like myself I think I just knew that we had to step it up another level. So no, it was really enjoyable. And I think just, as I said, the new people that, especially like background team, like Sammy Dowden and stuff coming in, like just drove us on. So no, I really enjoyed it. Like it was tough, but like you kind of, you always knew what you were, why you were doing it and what like the fitness training or like the hard sessions and you knew why you were doing it the whole time. So um, no, like in in terms of that, like that's why I, I really enjoyed it.
0: And then like... As I listen to you there, Lauren, like, so say last year, I think you said it was the quarterfinal defeat. And obviously that probably sends you into uh, looking in the mirror and kind of reflecting on things. And like at any point at that stage, is there are you question in terms of kind of where the group is at and whether you're going to go again? Are you quite like robust or quite quick to get to the point of like, I want to step up and drive forward again? Like what was that kind of, what was that little period of, of it like between say the end of last year and then getting ready to, I suppose A suit up again, but then B, as you've described there, kind of stepping up into more of a leadership role and kind of becoming more of a culture builder and driver within the group?
1: Um, I suppose like like as I said, like it just it, just, it was weird. It just felt like we just like it just came out. Like not that it came out, no, or like you're going into every match and you know it's championship football, you know, it's knockout stages. Um but yeah, it just I think especially because it was so soon, like in terms of the year and the way, I think that was the biggest factor. I was like, this is mad that we've literally nothing, like you're, you're usually going until September. Um, but I think in terms of like thinking towards like Dublin again, I think I kind of just put that in my mind for a while. Like, obviously it was a, an opportunity for club girls to go back to their clubs uh, our county girls to go back to their clubs and actually there for a few like the build up to championship, whereas as I said like they're re, like they're like this year like you have a week to, to until your first championship match. Whereas last year you had that full like build up like you had the challenge matches with your club girls um, and all the training and different things. So I think I just went zone back straight back into that and we were in a good spot like with my club team. So um, I think like that was my main focus and. I also then went travelling for 10 weeks in October um, just for myself, just in terms of, like, physically I hadn't had a break fully in two years, like, between AFL and football, like, like, club and county and then AFL. Like, it was a few weeks here and there that I got, like, maybe a bit of a break, but generally, like, I was going the whole time, so not only physically but mentally I just needed a full, like, kind of restart, I suppose, like, go and see it, other parts of the world and so again like when girls were like meeting with Mick and or different things and like November I, I just wasn't there and although I was keeping up to date with like kind of meetings that was happening like I just personally just had to just pull myself away from that um, and like not that I didn't think I was going to go back the next year but I just definitely needed a restart um, and I think that that's what like I suppose going into January, like I was only focused then on Dublin this year, like I'd know like AFL or different things like that. So I think the re like that, like time away from football really helped me in terms of just being able to come back and like that hunger was back and just being able to drive on, but also to want to like not only obviously. Be good for the team, but like just I wanted to improve on different like things in my game in general, um, and I think when you're doing the split season with AFL, that's quite hard because you're like, it's very demanding as I said physically as well as mentally, and like you're going from one, one game to another and like the different obviously, different game plans and stats and different things like that. Like so, for me, I think the break, like obviously it was I had an unbelievable like. Uh, end in terms of like last year with like my club although it didn't end the way I wanted to at Dublin obviously went in and we won our first senior uh, club title and then then going from that to then I just needed a restart and I just took 10 weeks to myself um, and coming into January then it was kind of like it was a bit daunting because I obviously came in and girls that had been there doing a bit of training um, that were like obviously there before like they were kinda of sceptical. They're like, Oh, there's so many new players, like we don't know what way this is gonna go. We were kinda of all who all the girls that had been there like for the last years who stuck around, like we were all like it's 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 mad, like there's so like there's more new players than there is older play or like players that been around. Well that's what it felt like. And um, so it's kinda of like it was that like, what way is this gonna go? And I suppose at the start it wasn't, like, I was kind of, like, the standards and different things, but, like, not the, like, not even the training part, but little, like, things that were creeping in, like, kind of, like, cleaning up after yourself in the gym, that type of stuff, like, where we'd always hold ourselves accountable, like, cleaning up, like, different things like that. um, Like, finishing your runs, like, to the cone, like, do you know what I mean? All those little things that, like, people probably look at me and were like, she's real finicky or she's a bit, like mental when it comes to that stuff but those things were kind of creeping in at the start and obviously it's new players some players are coming from like minor setups that might not have been at the standard that maybe I came from like the standard I would have come from from minor you know that kind of way or different things like that so it's kind of getting was was kind of a bit daunting like knowing like it's like are are these are some of these girls going to click it like because again like this type of like the level that we play at isn't for everyone and that's okay like you might be a good footballer, but in general it might not not might not suit you in terms of commitment standards, different things like that, so it was kind of like figuring out like who like all these new players were were gonna like cut it and i don 't know what it was, but there was just like i don 't know even know what period it was, but like just as like it just started to click, and i think I think i don 't know whether it was just that people had been around for a few months and they kind of started to get it and when that started to happen then I was like okay this is actually really exciting like like not that I was looking at like like looking down to like winning the All-Ireland but it was more that like we could still have a really good season we could get like we could go far here and we could just really develop in general like um, and especially the way we ended last year I was like we could definitely um, improve on things that we've we've wanted to improve on from like being knocked out so um. Yeah, I suppose like that's that's kind of the way like I viewed the start of the year and then obviously like it, as I said, like I think at the start of the year I wouldn't have said that we would have been in the final and I think most like management as well as players that have been around probably would have said the same, never mind winning it. So um it just shows uh, the unbelievable grit that everyone did did put in. So no, that's why as I said, like I think it was that's why it was the sweetest one of them all.
0: Yeah I totally hear that and like thanks for that like overview of that journey because it's like well it's still like you know same management team still a lot of same players it does sound like that there was like an evolution of the team and there was change happening um, and it's also interesting to like get that perspective and also like one of the things that jumped out on me was it sounds like I think you touched upon it while you were talking there Lauren like It sounds like that time away really helped you kind of reset and give you clarity in terms of, okay, when I do get back, like, what am I going to do or what what am I going to be about? Whereas, you know, when you talk earlier about, like, say, like changing roles in the team or getting like that little bit, you said 26 and that's not old, but there is more experience there. And that's also getting more in tune with, I suppose, physically and mentally or emotionally where you're at and what you need. So even just take, taking a, a slight side tangent, where did you go traveling to? Kind of what was that? Like, what drove you to actually really commit and back yourself to do that? Because it's one thing thinking I need a break and there'll be hundreds of players listening to this that we've all thought about it at different times. But it's another thing actually backing yourself and saying, no, this is the right thing for me and I'm going to do that. So maybe tell us a little bit about kind of that thought process and that decision before kind of even the season came around, Lauren.
1: Yeah. Um. So I plan to go back and... My plan was hopefully to get into my teaching course that I actually got into for this year. So I got in for Hibernia in April there. And my thing was, is that the interview would have been in like, it was like January, February. So I'd need to have like done like whatever travel I needed to do. If not, I probably won't get another chance to do travel within two years. And again, as I said, like been on the senior team since I was for eight years now and um, like, I didn't do a J1, I didn't do anything like that. Um, yeah, OK, I got to go to a- AFL, and, but even at that, you don't... Like, I, I did a few trips, like, at the very end, where, like, like say, me and Macker would have went up to Queensland or, like, I met my auntie and would have went, like, to Sydney or different things like that, my visit families. But, like, it was just kind of... It, it felt like a little holiday. It wasn't, like, a trip. Like And, like, when you're over there again, you're still playing like you're still like focused on sport and different things like that. So your mind's not like, you haven't reset. And um, I suppose that that was the thing. I was like two years without kind of any break from anything really, like from sport in general. Um, and it is, it just was taking a toll on me. I just, so basically I, I missed out on like the Leinster and the All-Ireland Series with club because of it. And that was really hard because any other year like I would have never went but I just I had committed to go and I was going with my cousin and I was like if I if I push if I start pushing back the matches it's into December and then you get to December you know like Dublin starting back in January like it just I just needed to like rip the band-aid and although it was so hard in terms of watching the girls like obviously they did well, like they won Leinster, and being away from that, it was just kind of one of those things, like, you have to make those decisions for yourself, and, like, like you always, you always just feel guilty and different things like that, but, like, you look, like, people take years off, do different things, go off travelling, and, like, you as a person, like, you look at them, they might be your teammates, and, like, you'd never begrudge them, you'd always want what's best for them, and, like, for them to be happy, but I suppose you being that player, although you know that, like, your teammates would want you there but they'd also want you to do what's best for you. You still have that guilt. Um But I just needed to do it for me. I went to Southeast Asia, did, like, Thailand, Laos, uh, Vietnam and Bali. And, like, it's definitely one of the best 10 weeks I've ever had. Like, um I went with my cousin and just did everything that we could, like, as in hajiang loop, like, diving. Like, I just did everything. I just was just like, I'll just... I'll make the money up back somewhere. And like if you look at it, like 10 weeks of traveling and what we actually did, like we didn't spend half as much as what you'd spend doing 10, 10 weeks if you're like even living here, renting, like, like that type of stuff. So, or even a general holiday. Um, like, so it just, yeah, as I said, like it did, it, it was something that I needed um, physically and mentally. And you just, you just appreciate things so much more when you go and you... Yes, experience people's diff like other people's cultures and different like like we when we did Laos, like we went down uh, the Mekong River and we met like tribes and stuff that like literally live like off the land and have nothing and just even that type of stuff. Like I've always wanted to like eventually go and like volunteer in like Africa, or Central America, or S- South America type of thing. So like that would be my goal, like towards like the end of my my degree or my masters. Um, So I think it was just kind of like, just I wanted to see how I got on, but like I went with my cousin, but like I'd I'd go tomorrow on my own. And I know people would like be like, that's mental, but like my cousin, I went to like, she's scared of her own shadow. um, (laughs) And I don't think she'd ever would have done it without me. Um, But I like, it was nice to have someone but then also, I was like, you. As I said, you meet you meet so many people, and um, like it's you don't think of it. You're like, oh, you don't. You do like you. You start chatting to the next person beside you, and it, very quickly you, you you get to know them, and you book onto little trips like different things like that and tours, and then from that you meet like I've, we met like a few people on the slow boat, and are still like friends with them now. So different things like that. So I think like although you get so engrossed and like. Uh football is so such a big part of my my life and has given me so much like there is so much outside of football and like you don't want to waste like your twenties just playing football, do you know what I mean, and like yeah, okay, you can travel when it's finished, and all, you only know, have a short period when you actually look at your life that what football is like you don't have like thirty years playing football at that level, like whereas obviously you have time to travel after, but then comes other stuff like like in terms of like what you're going to do settle down different things like that so I suppose it's kind of trying to get that balance and as I said I had never done or had never like did J1 or other things like that where you like you see girls going off and even like my school friends I've never been able to like they always go on a holiday and I've I don't think I've been on one holiday with them in that kind of way so it's even like that like I'm like I'll get there one year that I'll be able to just go so for me it was kind of that it was like not that you'd resent football, but like, it does, like, you it, 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 you do sometimes, You're like, why do I do this, like, people are here, there and everywhere and I'm, it's whatever, it's January, it's lash and rain and it's horrible and, you know, that kind of way, different things like that. So, for me, it was just kind of to make sure that I was going into a new year completely fresh and I think it's really important, I think if anyone is ever feeling that way, that it is, like, I, I only done 10 weeks and... Um, but like for others, it could be a whole year, it could be, do you know what I mean? So it is important to know that there is, it isn't like to go and do things like that or just to step away completely, just to give yourself like that break because it is, it's demanding, it's another job like and you're working full time and then you're still going training every evening or like every second evening and different things like that. So, um, so yeah, no, for me, that's what I think helped me going into the this year anyway.
0: Yeah, I think it's such a, like, it's such a brilliant story and perspective, Lauren, and I think, like, some of these stories are, have been coming up more and more, even through previous episodes that we've done of, you know, like, yes, obviously sport is demanding and playing in your county and what your club takes up huge time, but, like, and it's a choice and all that kind of stuff, but also then finding those windows or finding that time to, like, nourish the person like who you are as a person away from sport and if that's been in a different country where you can walk down the road and not have to no one's coming up to asking about the weekend or no one's coming up to asking about you know what happened last weekend um did you kind of i suppose and it sounds like you did enjoy that time of just like i know you're with your cousin but also in some ways it does sound like it was time like with yourself more so as well as and just kind of like experiencing a different place and like did you kind of without getting like oh yeah
1: i le- I left her behind a few times. I was like, "I'm going." I was like, Are "You coming and doing the the viewpoint?" She's like, "No, I'm not doing that. We already did a viewpoint yesterday." I was like, "It's a different viewpoint, So plenty of times we're like, "I just went off on my own," and end yeah. up making my own friends. Like even in Bali, had the beer on the beach, like at a pub, and like end up chatting to some woman who like was like my mom's age. Like like my mom's young. Like she's like forty five. But, like, she was a similar age and, like, we just kicked it off. She told me she travelled, like, the world, like, four times, twice by herself. And so, like, that's the thing. Like, you just meet, as you said, like, it's nice. You don't know people. And even throughout my travels, I still met people that um, I did know. Um, And you think you get away from it. But they do, like, you do end up bumping into people on the way. But, um, no, like, as you said, like, it was kind of, it was a nice time to, like, Although I was with someone, I still had my own time to myself or to be able to um to connect and, like, to meet new people on my own and have my own headspace as well. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, because I think, like, you know, when we talk about, like, sport, say even the sports side and it's, like, ultimately, like, you know, it's performance and it's often, like, an energy out. Like, you have to give your energy and give your time to your craft by choice, of course. But, like, obviously we as people and as humans, like, our energy is not infinite, you know, and we need to make sure to find those times to top ourselves up. And yes, there's sometimes where we let the, we let the petrol, t- like the petrol tank light come on. And sometimes we even let it go to like, where you start going like, I'm almost burned out here. Um, but I, so I just think it's really nice that you had that time, that kind of, it really does sound like, you know, it helped you recharge, it helped you reset, help you kind of nourish yourself and who you are as a person. And then that kind of transitioned you back nicely into a dressing room, into kind of same team, but kind of different. Um, and then, okay, so as that season kind of goes on, is there anything that like you felt like you had to change in yourself? I know you mentioned reflection, kind of looking at yourself as well. I think you had, don't, you don't want me saying probably, if not your best season, certainly one of your best seasons this year. Like was there anything you felt you had to change or do differently or was it just kind of trying to get back to what you'd been doing previously? Like what was your thinking or thought process around that?
1: Uh, I think it was just like, just trying to do the little things. I was trying to, like over the years my kicking when Mick first came in like my kicking wasn't the best and I was still doing the punt kick and different things like that and as the years gone on it's kind of like trying to work on that but I suppose this year was like again a, a year that I could just focus on football and it wasn't coming from like I was with AFL and different things like that so um I suppose it was just more like being honest and like being that bit older, knowing that I'm doing any everything that I can for myself on the team and doing the extra kicking sessions doing what I and again as I said like it's it's demanding as it is, never mind the actual training aspect, but like then to do the extra bits it, it is it's even more demanding, so but like I just wanted to make sure that I was giving it the best crack that I could at it, and um and like no, I don't think I did go about it any. Like I, it doesn't well. It didn't feel that like a lot different, but like I definitely do know that my performance in general, like I know myself that I, I don't know, maybe I was just in a better place and that that alone reflected it. I was, I, and I suppose the people that you're going training with, and like, like other years, like different things, like you'd be dreading the training session or different things. Not like not because of management or coaches, but just like just the running aspect, but whatever. But even, I think, suppose, so transparent with, like, Sammy this year, like, you are doing X, Y, and Z, and, like, you're doing it because this, and, like, you're being shown, like, you, you've started here, this is how much you've improved as a whole, like, our average of, like, a- anything that he kind of measured. And you enjoyed it, and, like, he wanted to tell, like, he wasn't, like, you could ask him, like, how many runs are we doing? And he had no problem, like, being, like, you're doing, like, four or five broken broncos or whatever it was and they're horrible but like you like you knew that that's what you were doing and he'd explain why you were doing this red session and like la 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 and like being able to have that like relationship with him like he's such a gentleman but he's also so much knowledge and like he was he just completely like took us under his wing and like I think that was a big part of why I really enjoyed like I like like you knew like you were going in and you were doing a bronco test and you were dreading it but you weren't dreading the whole session do you know what I mean whereas other times where I was doing like you like uh in years previous you knew you'd have a fitness test but like you were just dreading the whole thing whereas we were like all oh, right we're doing one set of bl- running here like that's grand and then we're going to go into it and um, so I suppose myself like just there was so much clarity on everything you were able to it was so like you you could go to anyone like we kind of did like, we had like our own kind of coaches like that you could approach and like, although you could talk to anyone, it was nice to have your own coach and um, to be able to bounce things off and have that uh, open communication. But I think like in general, we were all very close knit in terms of like, now I'm a very open book and I'd say it as it, how it is anyway and I have no problem talking to any of them, but like just for, I feel like everyone kind of had a person that they could talk to whether that was a coach, manager, player um, and I suppose that helped me I think throughout the year as well so um and I think as you said like I think being able to come in with a bit with with my knowledge and a bit more leadership this year I felt that I was bringing so I think that maybe like also helped me uh or like throughout like the season and um develop me as a player as well so no yeah like as I said like I've really I've really enjoyed this year um like obviously, there's gonna be days where like you're going to training and like you're just having a bad day in general, and it's nothing to do with anything else. But like you're gonna have them. But overall, like I just, it was just a really, really good um, atmosphere the whole time and different things like that. So no, it was it, it it's bit, it was a great year.
0: Yeah, I mean, it sounds like and it sounds like you know a couple of things are kind <clears> of <throat> have kind of come together at the same time as well. I think like separately to what you've just described obviously the you're not you're no longer spreading yourself or trying to spread yourself across the afl either and kind of doing two over the course of a year and then also there's other change in your life as well i think you make a decision to go back to college so you're kind of a couple of things are happening all around that i suppose in some ways maybe and correct me if i'm wrong that are kind of empowering you forward or freeing you up to even to be there more to enjoy that more would that be fair to say
1: Oh yeah, 100%, like, playing both, like, AFL and, like, football is doable, but, like, it just takes a lot out of you, and, like, if anyone says any difference, like, they're definitely a better person than me, because it is, it's tough, like, you're, like, you're not only, like, you're moving away for only, like, say, half the year, and you're trying to get settled there, and then, like, that alone, and then coming back, and for me as well, it was a big thing, whereas, like, I live at home, and I'm here, but, like, I was, like, you get used to your freedom when you're over there. And even that, like, I think for me, it took me a while to to even adjust to that coming back and being at home and different things like that. Um, but, yeah, no, it is. Like, it like you're fit, but, like, it's totally, like, not even, not that it's different fitness, but, like, even just, like, the way your body, the way you have to use your body is so, like, it is different. And, like, I remember the first time I came back and... I wasn't supposed to be back playing and Mick was like, oh, take your time. And then I think I was called the night before, like after doing a running session, I was like, oh, we need you tomorrow. I was like, you don't, but okay. And then like you get put on and you're you're terrible, like, do you know what I mean? And it does take you a while. Like it's a sport that you've always been, you've always played and like it's hard to go back and then you be shit. Ultimately, like, like that's what you feel like, and um, so I do think that did play a massive.
0: Did you struggle with that, Lauren, trying to balance that?
1: Yeah, like it. Like no, I didn't think at the time I did, but then looking back, like I think my first season I was only there until like from January end of January to April. So I came back, and I think by the time I got to the All Ireland final that year, I think I did get back to my full like the way I can play. But then like obviously last year it was so like I didn't play league and then like at least the year before with the AFL I still played league, whereas last year I didn't missed out on a whole league campaign and then was in for Leinster, like had a few niggles, like didn't start the Leinster final, different things like that, coming back trying to get back into it. And then sure then we were into group stages, like played okay in the group stages, but then sure quarter final came and like we were out so um Even that, I think, like, the fact that the first season we got a full league, like, I don't think I was that far behind, but the fact that, like, I missed out on league and stuff. And you're not going to play every game, but, like, it's... And I did, and, like, even this year, like, the fact that, like, I went travelling and different things, like, I was in the return-to-play group, and although you're itching to get back, like, how I transitioned back into the team was much smoother than what you would in previous years and how, like how you knew like sammy wouldn't let, like he knew like even though you were getting annoyed like you're like oh, i definitely can come back now and he's like no like you need to be doing x y and z before that and i think even that like alone like whereas like other years you just be thrown in and like again with afl you're trying to get back to it and you're, you you want to be in straight, as soon as possible because you've missed so much but um for me it definitely i think impacted my performance um and then just personally, it just it is tough. It's just going back and forth, and then you're far away from. If you commit to a year, you know you're going for a year, different things like that, and you're traveling or you're with friends and la la. Like it's different. Whereas I think for me personally, it was just that split season, and like you're not fully like living there, and then you're back. I, like it, it, I I found it tough. Um, so like it, it's like it could be for other people, but just that for me, I think was a hard part. Um, and yeah so I think if I was to go to Australia again I feel like I think I just need to go and live like and just enjoy that part of it because obviously there's so much part like it obviously was a great experience and different things like that but um yeah no I definitely found that part tough but yeah now that I kind of when that when that all came up that was like I was always looking to go back and do primary school teaching um I actually wanted to put down on my um on my CAO and I never did, I should have because I probably I think I would have got in, but sure I went a different path and like got a different degree and I went like obviously got the opportunity to go to AFL and um, so I was kind of just pushing it out and I think this was just kind of like if I don't do it now when will I do it and like that's why I was like I'll just do a bit of traveling then commit to it and then like I've been subbing in a secondary school for the last on and off for the last two years as well which has been a great experience for me and um, but it kind of has cemented that like primary school is definitely the one I wanted to go down and and um, like I've I've been really enjoying it like I've been swimming in some schools and it definitely um it definitely is the, definitely the right right path for me Um but it's just like I think because I was like so focused on football and then also just getting into college this year like it was just kind of a nice it was a nice mix. There was it. I didn't feel like too pulled any other direction. So like, although the course is tough, like, um, you know, what you're getting it from at the end of it. So, yeah, so that's kind of where, like the place I was in this year. So, and I knew that that was kind of my goal was obviously being back playing, but all, was ultimately it was to get into college and to get my career, the career that I want to be in for like my future um up and running. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, like so you mentioned the, the college part of it there, Lauren. And just before before I come to that, as I'm just as I'm listening to you talking there, I'm thinking like, you know, so you got the opportunity to go to Australia in terms of, you know, full time sport and trying a different lifestyle in a different country. But also just as I'm listening to you, I kind of get the sense that like while you were there, you're kind of heart c- or kind of it kind of becomes clearer to you that like you'd nearly rather be playing with Dublin and then kind of getting a flashback into what you thought about doing before and teaching. And do you kind of have I don't know if I'm oversimplifying it for you now and if I am please tell me to shut up or to clarify it but kind of being outside of your world kind of helped you look back at the world that you were in and kind of what that might look like and kind of what you wanted to do there does, does that make sense what I'm saying? Yeah
1: yeah no yeah no it does um, like you, I think you you go over and you think it's going to be this this like do you know what I mean like it was it was a good experience but like you think it's going to be 10 times better than what it was and I suppose yeah, and you hit reality, and it's it's not that. Um, although like Melbourne is an insane place, and like I'd lo- I I'd, I'd move back there in a heartbeat just to live there and to be in that kind of atmosphere. It's just such a nice. You have a mix of everything. Like it's a sporty city. It's a you're you're still beside the beach. You have your nightlife. You have all these events and different things, and it's just an easy go city like in terms of like just the lifestyle in general I think in Australia is very easy going and I think that's what a lot attracts a lot of people over there because I feel like I don't know why but over here you're just always hectic even when you're not like it's not even a hectic day you just feel so hectic and you feel like you're going 100 miles an hour and over there just you might be even busier but it doesn't feel like that and so that part of it was great but then like like it just like as I said like I you think it's going to be Um, whatever like this other thing that it is and like I suppose for other people it it probably is that but if just for me it wasn't and I did like there was talks like I had like to go to other teams and try it out in different another team and different things but then if I had decided to do that I would have missed out on Crokes do you know what I mean winning their first senior title because I would have been back in Australia by like October last year and so yeah I as you said I kind of look in it at uh, like my life from that perspective, in terms of especially sport and career, I was just kind of like, oh, I was like, I just kind of want to be home and I kind of want to be around people that I've been playing with and different things like that. So, um, yeah, I think that definitely like cemented like kind of what, like, I always like oh, Dublin's always meant so much to me, but I think when you're in that, uh, like, that situation, you do, it does really uh, like brought like allow you to see kind of what you're missing out on and. You just kind of want to be home with the girls and different things like that. Um, so yeah, no, that's kind of the way I was feeling towards like the end of like the last, or my second season anyway.
0: Yeah, and obviously, like, for anyone, regardless of sport, Lauren, like, there's loads of people who move away and kind of have different experiences of it. You know, some love it, some move and stay away. Often people go away and come back home, but, like, you still get so much learning from that time of getting outside your comfort zone. I think I kind of picked that up as you are talking there, kind of, you know, the experience of yourself as an individual, what you pick up both sport-wise and, 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 like, personally. Um, And then, like, talk to me then a little bit about that decision then to kind of come home and like to go to make the decision to go back to college I know just talked about it recently with martin stackpool who he had just hit 30 by the time he was like actually i think i'm gonna go back to college i want to like pivot my career and just like it around like the courage to change direction or to change paths and like any stigma or resistance to doing it or should you stay doing what you're doing and kind of job all those kind of different voices thoughts go around in your head tell us a little bit about that because obviously like this whole podcast series has been done as part of the Bo 360 programme. So and a big part of that is transitions and people, players wanting to go in different directions and pivot back. So maybe just tell us a little bit about your transition and kind of that, I suppose, A, that decision making process and then B, kind of what the reality of it's been like for yourself.
1: Um. yeah, well, as I said, like, I think it was always something I wanted to go back and do. And I when I came out of college first, I went straight to try and get into Pats or Minute to do the, the post-grad and suppose I, I didn't get in and but I was kind of glad at that time I didn't get in I probably did need a few more years and more experience and I suppose when you go for like a postgrad or master's in primary school teaching I think they look at like what you've done like outside of whatever just to show that you're really into like working with children and different things like that and although i've always had experience with that i suppose you look at like other like people probably would have traveled and like volunteered and different things like that and i suppose the that was I, like no definitely was it was like i had looked at other things like ot and different things like that but it was always going it was always coming back to working with children and it was just kind of like like i'm 26 and like i said like there's a like people change career all the time go back a lot older than what I am, but it was kind of like it's something that I want to do, and like even if I travel after this, it's there, um, and I just like the thoughts of having to do it any further down the line was actually killing me, and like I had done like an S and A course online through the lockdown just to have just to a bit like to kind of have a little a more string to my bow, kind of a thing, um with the intention to going back and then I did like a social care course as well because I suppose in teaching you're all I think you're all everything you're like you're kind of you're you have to be that rounded person for children and I've worked in dash guilds where like you're exposed to like situations where like you're working with children and you know that they don't have x y and z or there's difficulties at home and different things like that so I suppose when I was doing those courses it was kind of a name to be well-rounded and to have as much knowledge as I can so yeah it was hard to kind of like as I said it was always like in my plans to go back but it's actually take biting the bullet to go back and to know that you're actually going to be doing assignments and like I'm so bad like you, you have people that love writing academically um like one of the girls like one of my mates like she's Insane and like her friend like texts her going oh you did this course like how did you do this she goes I'll just send it to me like I'll do it for you I was like like who volunteers to work academically or <laughs> no different things like that it's just not my thing although like throw me in a classroom and I I'll be fine like I yeah. like I had senior infants yesterday for one of the my first time taking that particular class and like had a great time do you know what I mean? like and I'll always be fine in that aspect but it was the the thoughts of like going back and having to write essays and having about a million tabs open every time you're doing something and different things like that was killing me so yeah I think it was more just like I kind of just wanted to have it done I was like I'll be 26 in April that's when I'll start the course I'll be 28 when I finish and it was just kind of a nice it it was like a nice timing for me just in my head I was like if I get in this would be a good timing for me and it is daunting, and but as I said, it was something that I've always... It's not like I was ever looking at... I wasn't ever looking at other careers, like, in terms of, like, I've always looked at working with children, and, but I suppose getting experience and skills and different things, I just knew that that was kind of, like, where I wanted to go. Um, now, being in it, it's, it's very... It is tough. Like, it's, it's basically all online, and you have, like like some face-to-face days to so say like this Saturday we have maths which is great fun like from half nine to half three Um but now the lecture is lovely so he's not too bad but like no those type of things whereas like obviously if you're in Pats or Maynooth Marino you're doing like several different lectures a day whereas like yeah here you do like you're you're doing one one or two kind of modules but you're kind of working through it and you have your own online sessions then you have like evening like zooms whereas like the lecture and then like you're then you're on top of that so it is a four-year degree into two years so it is tough and um, but suppose and then like they say not to work but like you're you're currently going to not work like as in like it's a it's a good opportunity to solve because of the way it is Um but yeah like so it is tough but i am enjoying it and like you yeah, are learning stuff and learning a lot more than like and I suppose you you kind of go, they put you into the foundations of education and it's all like psychology of education history and sociology but like things that like probably you don't re- come to learn until you're actually in teaching and different things like that but like you just kind of get thrown at the deep end and you just kind of have to sink or swim and yeah like it's it's been great like I was in the Grail talks and all for two weeks that was a good throwback to when you're in secondary school and. I actually am like this hasn't changed like people are still mental like when they come to the bell talk to them, now it's just filled with drink as well like and just and things like that so I was up in Guidor. it actually was perfect time and I end up being up there when we had our quarter final against Donegal and Bali Buffet so Mick was like I I don't I won't get you to come back for training I was like Mick I wasn't coming back for training it's a four hour drive and um, I'll do my own sessions up here and. Um, so, yeah, like different things like that. So, and then meeting new people, like I've made really good friends from it. Like you don't think you're going to because of the way it's set up. Like obviously you're not in every day with the girls or like the guys and you don't think you're gonna make, but like I've made really good friends from it already. So, cause I suppose you're going through the same thing and you're all kind of like at a point in your life where you're going back to doing masters. You're not just like going from, you're in an undergrad and you're just there cause you're, you don't know what you're doing kind of a thing. So. um No, it's like it's, as I said, it's tough, but it's been enjoyable. So, um, yeah, I've been really enjoying it.
0: Yeah, and it sounds like as well, you're kind of at that point of life, Lauren, too, where like your sport obviously is a central pillar in your life. Like it is hugely important to you. but, But doing things like traveling for 10 weeks, going back to the course and then like meeting other people from different kind of walks of life. Like it sounds like you are kind of padding out your life as well in terms of who you are as a person and making sure like you're getting different needs of, yourself and in life met by like and not just being maybe all consumed by sport that perhaps is previous is it
1: yeah no 100% like as like I've <laughs> I played like underage like since like like you do the twelve blitz and then you're under 14s and even like family holidays you missed out on every year like so from like 14 years of age to like up to 18 like I don't think I went on a family holiday because it just never I could never pick a gap to be able to go with my family or like like obviously there had been but like in general like you'd miss out on all that so there's not only is it into your adult life but it had effect like it was like in your in your uh, teenage life that you're missing out as well and I suppose like I lost my dad or stepdad to suicide and I think as well as well when you like have something like that happen you kind of you're like he was always wanting to him my mom or when my brothers grew up, because I've like, my brothers are 14, 11 and 9 now, so like, they did do bits with them, but like, it's always kind of, I think, especially when you have kids, and my mum had me young, she was 19, I suppose when you have that, like, it's kind of like, their aim is to do as much as they can, with how they can, with like, financials, in terms of like, trying to raise four kids, and um, with, like, on holidays and stuff, but then it's, it's kind of like, what. Well, like kind of aiming towards like when the kids are all sufficient enough like what they're going to do and I suppose just to see that like she had so much planned with my stepdad in terms of like what they were going to do down the line and well like she I hope she will do it like down the line herself um, and with whoever but like it just shows that like like different things happen and life is so short and it's like yes football has given me so much like friendships, everything like in terms of like even helping me out with like financially in terms of like going back to college, different things like that, and um I I love it like it's a it's my outlet and different things. And when he did die, like I think he died on the, the Friday, and we were actually we were playing a challenge match on the Sunday um, against Mead. And the girl's like, what are you, here? why are you, like, I was like, don't talk to me. I was like, I just need to be out of my house and this is my outlet and I'm going to watch and whatever. So like, it is that type of thing, but it's also like, it's not the be all and end all. And there is so much to life. And it's, as you said, like, like I've met so many people in terms of, even like with AFL, I've met, so like I, I was able to get like a, I got a part-time job in a cafe over there and met people through that and like it was outside of football again so like it wasn't just that I met people when I went over there for true football but I met more people outside of that and meeting them becoming friends with them and like there were so many people from different parts of Asia that worked there as well that came over to Australia and then you have as I said like met loads of people actually on my travels and like like still community like still really good friends with them now and so it is yeah it's just to like as I said like it's a massive part of me and I've ne- I have I would never change what I've done. And, like, when you commit to it, you can't look back and be like, oh, I should have went here and I should have went there. Like, I've obviously been very successful in the amount of years I've played, but it is that, like, you still have to be selfish sometimes and step away when you have to or take time to yourself. And, like, as I said, I'm, I want to complete my course, but, like, I don't know what like do you know what I mean like you, you kind of want to play as long as you can keep playing in terms of any sport but then also like I'm so itching to get back like traveling again as well so like my next place would be Central America and different things like that and like is it like again do I do only do 10 weeks or do I bite the bullet save up and like actually go and like do a year or like do you know that kind of way so yeah it's trying to strike a balance and just for personal reasons like you have to make those decisions Um, and like even like girls that you like like retired from say county football but they're so young like but they've then you look at how many years they've played like they've given so much like why wouldn't they like why wouldn't they go off and explore other aspects of their life and you know that kind of way so yeah no it's um it's just getting that getting that balance um you don't want to ever think of retiring and different things like that and being too old to play. But then, as I said, it's it's not the be all and end all. It gives you so much and it gives you so much happiness, but so does other things in life. So, yeah, it's trying to get that, the mix.
0: Yeah, it definitely sounds like, obviously, balance is a word that come up multiple times. And then that kind of widening your perspective of, I suppose, self, but also just like... The world around you and, and what you want to do and i think that's one of the big because one of the big positives in terms of the gpa bo360 program is really trying to help intercounty players like widen their their lens or widen their perspective on pillars in our lives and kind of sometimes breaking down the athletic identity into the other parts and to push forward and i think like you've really captured the essence of that really really well and i know you mentioned lauren while we're talking there that like your stepdad had died by suicide i know I suppose you'd spoken publicly about it beforehand, which obviously completely commend you on. It's a really difficult topic and it affects so many families and communities around Ireland and around the world all the time. I suppose it was like, if you don't want to ask, you just kind of, what was the motivation for yourself to kind of, to share that story and like, I suppose as well like it's, it's whether we like it or not like there's families going through so like that this week and I know you're it's a couple of years on but like um, that pain doesn't leave and that grieving process and carrying that with you like what is that kind of grieving process being like and like what I suppose advice or if any would you have for someone who's maybe experiencing that at the moment Lauren?
1: Yeah, I suppose when it happened, like it doesn't, obviously, it's just one of those things. I think when anyone that you're close to or like any family member, friend passes away by anything, it's it's tough. And like, I don't think it ever will feel real. And it's how, I don't think you'll ever accept it really or process it. But it's just how you kind of get on with it. And I suppose at that time, I straight back into like, cl- like club and Dublin and, or no, it would have been Dublin at the time. And um, just the way Covid went that it was like October so no this that was 2020 so it's the season that we went into like played th- uh, the all Ireland final like the 20th of December something mad but like I was going straight to Australia and I suppose like it was kind of like I suppose it was kind of like it was a, like totally different like it was not that I wasn't thinking of it but like it was like I had other things that was occupying me and different things like that so I don't think it was until maybe that it, w- it was also a big part of my second year that, like, why I found it so difficult that, like, I suppose that you, you go over and I think people are like, oh, this happened to you last year and then, like, they're so understanding and then, not that they mean to, but, like, it's still something that, like, I I think the second year was when I was processing it more and it's when you have, like, a year into it, that's when it kind of starts to hit home and you you do feel it, it hits you a bit harder then. Well, it did for me anyway and... I think the first time being from away from home, I felt fine. But the second time, like, I was just feeling guilty. Like, my cousin is, and my mum's friends as well, but my cousin was um, a massive part in terms of what, why I went back over because she was still so good in terms of, like, being there for my mum. And my mum never wanted me to stay at home and she wanted me to go and to go back and experience it again. But um, I suppose, yeah, as I said, I don't think it's anything that I'm going to ever, I think like, understand, well, fully, um, sorry, yeah. he, uh, sorry.
0: Take your time, Lauren. <laughs>
1: um, um, no, it's just, I think when it comes to suicide, like, he tried, he tried, like, a, a few times to get help, and I suppose with, um, our mental health system, and it's, it's just the, the pressures that they're under as well as everything else, like all the, all our other healthcare sectors. Um, he was let down and he, he... He tried... Like, I think some people, like, go get help or whatever and some people don't and, like, different things, it doesn't ha But, like, I suppose when you see someone who went and got help and didn't get the help that they needed, um, it is harder to take. Uh, and, yeah, it just... <laughs> it is one of those things. As I said, I don't I don't think it'll ever process I think when it comes to someone dying suddenly in terms of, like, you realise they had a heart condition or had a heart attack or, like, it was cancer or, like, different things like that, I think it's still going to be as hard to take, but I suppose you can kind of them and you can understand why it happened and, like, they were sick and it's shit, but I suppose when it's, when it's suicide, it's always, like... Yeah, there's so much more questions to it, um, but I just wanted to always be honest about it because I look at my mom and she's always been, um, she's always been really honest. Like she, she's mad. I don't know whether you've seen that documentary recently. I don't know, what was it? I can't remember what it's called, but it was only released there maybe last month, and it was like just on different people who've people speaking about their own experiences with mental health and kind of what they've went through and or then family members of people who've lost people through suicide and like she did that like literally I'd say not even a year after Gary died and I suppose that she she's always been honest about it anyway and I think she I think we're both very open I think I think it's better to some people that's why like I, I think I speak out more is because people find it hard to speak about things like this, and that's totally fair. But if someone who I'm very, an open book as it is, I suppose if someone like me, who is already open about different things, is able to speak about it, it's another person speaking about it and different things like that, like, and obviously there's different, like, uh, organisations and different things like Ohana, uh, Serious Suicide, like they're, like I, I remember doing a few things with them and, just even them having the online resources to be able to, like, do those courses and, like, it's only a quick thing to be able to get yourself familiar with, like, using the word, like, suicide, like, actually being able to talk to people, that is, like, it's... Like, we were probably afraid to talk about it with Gary and him when, we, when he was going through it, like, the doctors were saying, like, no, you need to talk about it. like, you need to use the word suicide, like, because it's, it's just there's so much stigma around it and, like... People like you don't go into like no one goes into that and just decides to do like like. Do you know what I mean that's building up or whatever. And I suppose with Gary, it was like he seemed to be in a good place the day before, and he was in good form. But I suppose that's another sign that it's like they've kind of made peace with the with the fact that they're going and they think that they're helping you and or they're they're a bur- burden on your life or a burden on whoever's life. So I suppose if you're able to have those, I think it's more important. Especially if you have people that you know that are struggling, is to have those conversations about mental health, about depression, about and um, suicide. And um, so, I suppose m- my my process or how I so deal with it, it is talking about it. And I have struggled to not like I'm a very open person, and I've I have gone to people to speak about it. But I suppose I get to a point where like I speak about it, and then I'm like I need them to kind of pull stuff for me to kind of help and I know like that's why like it's I suppose it's hard like I'm just in terms of like me just processing it that's where I'm struggling but whereas like then I'm like I'm going to these psychologists and they might not they just aren't the one for me but like imagine being in a spot where like you're actually feeling terrible and you're feeling all these thoughts in your head and you're going to some psychologist and they're just not clicking for you but you're in a really bad place like you can only imagine how hard it is for someone who is going through that um and they're not finding the right person and that's why like people sometimes then shut off like i know people in my like other people in my life that are went to say one person and it just wasn't happening for them and then they completely went down hill and we're, we're trying to explain it was like you need to talk to several people before you get four clicks with someone and then eventually like they found someone um and then it did click so like when you're thinking of it myself like I wasn't in a bad space but like obviously needed to speak to someone and I still wasn't finding someone you can only imagine how hard it is for someone who actually is struggling and um, so I suppose for me it's being the person that is out straight or like speaks out about it but also being there for people who like would struggle to go to like say a professional to like knowing that I'm still there for whoever if like if it's a stranger if it's a friend or it's a family member and um, But yeah, um, I suppose, and and I think, like, having younger brothers, like, like, they've lost their dad, like, I have my, like, I know, he, Gary was a big part of my life, and, but, like, they've lost their dad, like, I still have my, like, do you know what I mean? I still have my dad, so it's, like, like, talking out about it, like, and being, like, kind of brave in terms of that aspect, because, like, like, being that support system for my brothers, and, like, I think it's very, it's a weird one when it comes to kids, but, like, you don't want to lie to them either, kind of, if that makes sense. Um,
0: yeah, of course it does.
1: Like, because, especially, like, India's in the in estate that I live in, I just know that, like, kids just talk and they don't mean to, and they hear things off the street. And I think, I think in general, I think people, as again, it's stigma, but you'd have no problem saying, I know it's obviously, like, depends on what age they are and different things, but I think it was, like, from our family perspective, it was very very important to be honest and they had known that Gary was struggling because he was obviously in hospital as it is and different things like that so suppose for me like it was my brothers as well who like drove me to be a bit more like outspoken about it and being able to to reach out to people and to talk about it because I just think it is the more people talk and like you, you know yourself like it is it's the difference of the amount of support and different things and organisations like not like government organisations and different things that have been put in place is amazing but it's still obviously like I remember like now that was during COVID when Gary died but I'm pretty like I think the the ambulance like the paramedics had said like it, he was like the sixth person in, a, in like a five-day period that they had gone to like so it just shows like although you might not be hearing about it closely it's still like really big um it's a really like it is a, it's a pandemic in itself so um yeah so it's just it's I'm very obviously passionate about it like sorry I got obviously very emotional there but I don't when you like you do I do talk about it but I suppose I don't go into it that much um and I've no problem say like talking about it in detail and different things like that but um the more you talk about it the the easier like the better for other people, I suppose.
0: Yeah, I think like just, just to like to pick up where you left off, Lauren, like first of all, just obviously like thank you for sharing that with us and, and being so open and being so honest and and vulnerable. Like an incredibly difficult time. And like you mentioned the world the word pandemic there and it's like I suppose with mental health and with suicide. Like, like it is one of the biggest battles of of our time as people. Like obviously it's something close to me. I know it very well. Um and like I suppose over the course of this podcast, here's in the player's voice, I've had multiple players on talking about different mental health experiences. And I just really want to thank you for sharing like the other side of the experience and perspective. I just thought it was something that we could really capture today in terms of that will help other people that people relate to, because this is families. And I know this I totally I feel your pain and I can see the emotion and like the the passion you have around this topic. And I know how difficult it is. And I also the reason I wanted to, one of the reasons I wanted to ask is, Like I want people, anyone listening to know how messy it is and how like hard it is. And it's not like, you know, it just goes after three months or six months. Like you mentioned kind of, you know, it's a year later. I was like, well, that happened last year, but this is this year. And like, it's just that it's a, it's a, like it's an experience that stays with you. And it's a process and grieving and the difficulty of it. And I suppose to try to raise awareness of help and support and will absolutely include like the GPA helpline at the start and the end of this episode, Laura. And we'll we'll give a shout out to a couple of the others that are there because I know you obviously mentioned frustrations with healthcare and government system and obviously I've heard firsthand and know firsthand as well. Other people who have had frustrations there, but just to promote some of the other community services, other things that are around to help people. And I think as you kind of touched upon, Arne, like all we can do is keep talking about it and keep encouraging people to get help. And even if you do try the first one and it's it's not working, just to try give hope that there is another person there there's another place there. Um, but I really do just want to thank you for sharing that experience from from a family, from a family member. I suppose experiencing that grief and that loss. Um, because it's painful and it's hard, and I just, I thought there'll be people here, Lauren, listen that will empathize with it, that will already be experiencing it from beforehand or experience it down the line, and hopefully that this conversation can just help be a pointer towards help or even just a source of comfort if the AirPods are in their ears if they're out for a walk or if they're driving the car. Um. I know, look, it's like World Suicide Prevention Day has just happened like earlier this week. I think as as now as we talk and World Mental Health Day is next month and we'll release this kind of in the middle of those. And I just really want to thank you for that. I really appreciate it. No reason. As you wrap up, Lauren, in terms of your own journey and those kind of and kind of sticking with like the helpline and the GPA, like if if there was any player out there that's struggling or whatever, like, is is there anything you would kind of say to them? Because like, obviously I know from beforehand there's players that have listened and have heard someone talk and has encouraged them to reach out or to to get help. Is there anything kind of you would say to, like, your fellow kind of inter players or even just in people in general in terms of maybe struggling themselves?
1: Well, yeah, I suppose with the GPA, like, I've had... They've been great help to me, like, as in they've always been in touch in terms, of, like, knowing that there is, like... As in, I can figure out who I want to go to, kind of a thing, and they'll help me, and or or they'll help me, or they'll put me in touch with different people to speak to. Um, so I suppose like any intercounty players, like that have that, like it, like to use it, like it is an unbelievable resource to have. Um, but I suppose just as I said, like it's it's not easy for a lot of people to speak. Um, but like I think, although like. I can kind of compartmentalise like although like you, I might feel anxious at different times like I know like I've never been at that point where like I look at my best friend who like would struggle with her like mental health like depression and different things I've never been at that point but just being those people like be like to know like although even if you're in that that spot that you're feeling those feelings that like there is people there to talk to and like they might not know 100% but it's what how you're feeling and I think a lot of the time people shy away from that because of that like they're like they haven't a clue they've never been through this or they don't feel the way I feel different things like that like but that doesn't matter like it's just about knowing that there is people there and like with I think that's the good thing about sport the, the best thing about sport is that like you have so many people around you um, and like you might not know but like there's other like there's people that you might not even know that will be there for you or whatever like so just you have to reach out in those type of instances but I suppose it was just being able to for me like I think having your little routines and having different things that you enjoy doing like I suppose a big thing for me is like sea swim <laughs> I don't know what you can see I'm still my hair's still wet I just came straight from a sea swim um and I suppose like having different things like that like having like I literally to go for a sea swim like whether the girls or my f- any friends or family are there or not like I'm like right, I'm going on my own then and then like you're like, oh, you need someone, but you don't, like, and being able to be comfortable on your own um and have those little outlets and like that's important as well. Um and I suppose I think I kinda learned that a bit more living in Melbourne, that like there's times where I just went and did my own thing and having those little outlets. But yeah, and I suppose just with, with like I like as I said, I I've I struggle in my own ways, but I've I know that people have had like, a, a struggle, like, in terms of their, in the terms of their mental health and their, what's going on in their head a lot more. And, again, I can't fully understand, but, like, it's just for those people just to know that, like, the more you talk, the more it can help. And, like, although you might not find, as I said, the, f- the right person the first time it is about just kind of, it is trial and error. And I know it's hard to say that to people who, like, are going through it at that stage. But it is like, it literally could be someone just like your mate that like will help you and you don't even realise or like even just chatting to someone like down, like down the road kind of a thing. So yeah, I suppose it's, if you're in county, like player and like you have the resources, like they're there and just to go after them if you need them, but also just to reach out to like family, teammates, friends, Um, again, like, Everyone's going through their own struggles, whether I said as it, it's like whether they're really bad or they're just having little bits. But like everyone can understand where someone's coming from. So it's being able to have that open relationship with people and feel comfortable to do so, I suppose. But the more you talk or the more everyone talks, the more normalized it becomes and the way it should be. So that would kind of be my my message to anyone is just is, is to reach out and like. Again, it doesn't have to be. Oh, I'm this and that. It's literally a conversation. Do you know that kind of way? And I think that's what people shy away from as well. Is that they don't want to say that they're feeling X, Y, and Z. They don't have to. It's just you can literally just. It's just about like staying in contact with people and even that alone, I, it can help so much. So yeah, that's kind of what I get from as well from myself. And when I'm feeling down, like that's kind of what I do, or like even just my friends that I know who've who have gone through really bad patches, um, have got, have not been able to even like get out, like go into a shop or like different things like that, and like I've gone and got them, and we've gone on a drive, and it's you just having that human contact, but they still don't feel comfortable enough to get out of the car, but still being able to bring you're still bringing them out, like I said, bring them out to like. I'll run in and get us an ice cream type of thing and we'll still, we'll still be able to drive around and still see, we'll drive by the, the water or go up the mountains type of thing. So it's being able to kind of have, like being able to be that support system for your friend as well and just knowing that there is people out there that will do that uh, again and you don't even have to speak about how you're feeling. It's just like, just a normal conversation, I suppose, is I think people forget that that can make all the difference as
0: well. No, 100%. And I think to that point, to wrap us up, thank you for having this conversation with me today. Um, I really appreciate your time, Lauren. I really appreciate your insights, perspective Um, and looking back over the different things we've talked about. 100%. I know people listening will relate, empathize and benefit from it in different ways. And to sign me out, I just want to say thanks so much for joining us on The Player's Voice. I really, really appreciate it.
1: No worries. Thanks for having me.
0: I'm so grateful for this conversation with Lauren McGee and I know people all around the country will benefit from her perspective and insights. Once again, just want to remind you that if you're a GPA member in the Republic of Ireland and are in need of mental health support, you can call one 989285 or text GPA to 50808. And from Northern Ireland, you can call 0800-044-5059 or text GPA to 85258. If you aren't a GPA member and want to learn more about important mental health services, please check out the likes of the Samaritans or Pieta House. The Player's Voice podcast is brought to you by the Gaelic Players Association in collaboration with Real Talks. To listen to previous episodes with the likes of Niall Morgan, Ashling Marr, Mary Grain or Neil McManus, make sure to subscribe by searching The Player's Voice on whatever podcast platform you prefer. Don't forget... You can find out more about the GPA's Bio360 program by visiting bio360.gatherplayers.com. And finally, if you want to find out more about me and my work as a performance and wellbeing consultant, please go to www.realtalks.ie. Thanks for listening.